0: Welcome to the Tales of Teaching podcast, a place where I hope you can find inspiration, creativity, and most importantly, someone to relate to. Teaching can be tough, as I'm sure you know, so I'm hoping this can be a space where we can motivate one another to take teaching to a whole new level. Alright you guys, today you're listening to episode 5 and I'm going to be going over all things Google Suite because it is literally one of my favorite websites, apps, it's always my go-to. It's so easy and so versatile and I'm going to tell you exactly what I use each of the mediums for, okay? So the first one that I'm going to get started with is Slides. Google Slides is my absolute favorite tool to use and you can literally use it for everything. Um, I like it personally to use because when I assign something on classroom, it's almost, it's easier for the kids to manipulate and to use. Um, for example, I like to, um, Almost assign these as their writing assignments. Um, I will set the size to what a paper would be. So if you go in on your end and click page setup, you can make the size seven and a half by ten um, and it'll be the size of a paper. And what a lot of times what I will do is I will create a little, I'm going to say quote unquote background. So basically I almost design how I want my paper to look like, you know, like those cute little papers you guys print out that the kids would do their writing on. Um I create that in a slide and then what I do is I'll save that as a PNG. Um I usually do PNG instead of JPEG. It always comes out cleaner for me when I do PNG. Um so I will save it as a PNG on my desktop and then if you right click on your slide that you want to change and you set you cl- uh, select, sorry. Um, format, change background, Um, you can actually take that image that you just saved and you can make that the background. And I love doing this because then I have kind of my background set of how I want the paper to look. And you just add a text box on top of that for the kids to write on. And now the kids can do their typing, do their writing, um, do whatever assignment that you assigned, but they're not going to be able to manipulate the background, which is kind of nice if you had laid out boxes. or images or things you don't want them to move. Whereas if you were to do that in Google Slides instead and then assign this assignment, you have a higher chance of them either deleting something or moving something or getting rid of something that they didn't want to get rid of. I say this because I speak from experience. I can't tell you how many times a kid has raised his hand. Mrs. Harwick, I actually deleted this. And so (laughs) it's just a lot easier in the long run if you really only make the thing that they're able to um, interact with um, be a text box because text box are easy to bring back they're easy to add they're easy to move um, and I think they're easier to move in the slides than they are in Google Docs. Google Docs is a weird thing where like it will try to move it or it doesn't move it right and when you try to move it on top of like a text it gets all wonky um, so I just kind of found slides to kind of be my go-to and it's funny because after I discussed this with the kids and I had them all kind of try all of them a lot of them gravitated towards slides as well um, and I honestly create a lot of my stuff through slides instead of um google docs because we really only use google docs you guys in our classroom for writing um for writing really and that's probably all it should be done for whereas slides there are literally endless possibilities um i've done math assignments on there i've done all sorts of little digital interactive things and so i think that's your first tool to kind of get started so while I'm on the subject of that, I want to go over some a question that I always, always, always get. And that's, how do you get your cute fonts onto um, onto Google? And to be quite honest, that process that I just talked about earlier is exactly the way that I do it. Um, so what I'll do is I'll design exactly how I want the slide to look like on Google, but on PowerPoint. I save all of those as images, and then what I'll do is I'll just input them as the background of my slides. So that's one way you can do it. You can also maybe type out um, the thing that you want in the cute font. Um, if you right click on the thing that you just typed, you can click save as picture and then input that and you're almost, it's almost like a little quote unquote sticker that you put into your Google slides. So that works too if it's just something simple um, like a title or some word that you want. Um, And that's kind of sadly the only two workarounds that I know. Um, I found, and I don't know if it's transferable, but every now and then when I'm on my computer and you copy and paste something from a cute font that you did in your PowerPoint into Google, it will actually keep the font. Um, I don't think that means it's transferable though, but if you were creating a PowerPoint that you were only using um on that computer, that might be something to play around with. I haven't really played around with that, so I don't know. I just found it one day and was thinking, what the heck? How is my font still there? But that's something to play around with. So those are those the first two that I talked about though are the really only true ways that you can get a quote unquote cute font um into your uh slides unfortunately and i really don't see google changing that in the future i think the way the reason why they do that is because they want their it's it's computer talk really but they want the fonts that are going to be readable across all computers when you download a font right you're you're purchasing it um it's only on your computer, whereas if you send it to somebody else that doesn't have that font, they aren't able to read it. And so from my experience, I know Google just tries to stick with those basic fonts that all computers um, already have. And so that's the the nerdy tech weight reason behind that. Um, so now I'm going to kind of skip really quickly to docs and kind of why I think it's important. Um, so I teach fifth grade, you guys. Uh, I like to try and teach my kids um, all about college ways in high school. And I like to try and prepare them. I know it sounds, it might sound a little extreme, but I want to prepare them, um, to get those good habits going right away. And I don't want you guys to ever think that kids are too young to do this kind of stuff. So I talk, talk to my kids about what a quote unquote college grade paper looks like, um, or high school. Sometimes I'll just say high school just so they're not like, whoa, college. Um, and, I talk about how it needs to be double-spaced, and I show the kids how to do double-spacing. I actually go over high school formatting with my kids um, on the Google Docs, how to format it, what size your font size should be, how it needs to be Times New Roman, no fancy fonts, um, how it needs to have some type of work cited depending on what type of citation you're using. And so I go over this with my kids. And... I found it to be really beneficial for them because think about it, by the time they get to, which I'm pretty sure middle school does this, but by the time they get to middle school and high school, they're going to be experts on this and not worry so much about the formatting. Um, And I feel like to me personally, if there's anything I can do to make it easier for the the incoming kids going, going into seventh, eighth, sixth grade. I do it. Okay. And it takes not that much time. And the kids, my kids, I, the way that I said it is, I think I call, started calling it the sixth grade way. And I apologize for all you middle school teachers. If you don't teach them this, this way, but they got excited almost to do something that was older. Um, and so I would have kids that would come up to me and be like, do you want it the sixth, the sixth grade way? Yes. <laughs> And I know that's totally not proper lingo, but they just loved it and ate it up. And they they thought it was like some special formatting because it was the sixth grade way. And the way that I brought it on to them, I was like, I don't know, you guys, I want to teach you this way of writing, but it's not taught till sixth grade. And I don't know if you guys can handle it. And just by like kind of putting it that way, they were more excited to use it than, okay, you guys have to use it this way. Does that make sense? Um, and I do a lot of my, my stuff that way, but they, I, I just laugh when a little girl came out to me and she's like, would you like her paper the sixth grade way? <laughs> it made me laugh. Like, how cute is that? Um, but then again, that just goes to show that the power of words really, it really honestly comes down to that. Um, so that's really all I use the Google Docs for is to teach them um, proper formatting of writing a paper um, the professional way. Um, I've also called it professional writing too. Um, and I think... And I know it's funny, I I sound like a hypocrite because in the beginning I talked about how to make your writing cute, Um, but I kind of strayed away from that this past year because I feel like, yes, it is way more fun to have cutesy writing up there, and I'll do that occasionally for like little things here or there. There's a first day feels writing that I have my kids do on the first day of school, and that one's all cutesy. That's just because I want to see their writing skills. Um, And after I've taught them the professional way of doing it or MLA format way of doing it... um, then we kind of stray away from that um, because I think it's important for them to learn the professional way. Sometimes the cute way you guys, it's not always the best way. And that's, I know it hurts coming from me because I'm all about making things <laughs> the cutest they can be. Um, but when you're teaching upper grade, unfortunately, I think it it's more meaningful to do it um, the professional way. And so that's kind of why, where I see the power of Google docs and that's what we use that for um so now i'm gonna kind of skip now to sheets i really only use this for a couple things i'm not a huge google sheets or i guess quote-unquote microsoft excel user Um, i used to always in college ask my business major friends to help me with excel because they had to know excel inside and out um so I'm kind of still learning with sheets, but the way that I've used it this past couple years is, um, for my conference signups, um, when it's time to sign up for conferences, I actually personally let my parents sign up for conferences. I don't like to hand out times. I want them to pick a time that um, works for them. Um, obviously I set up parameters. I, again, like I've told you guys before, I commute, so I don't like to stay too, too late because I don't want to be stuck in major, major traffic. But I do like to get there early, so I'll open up times um, before school. So that's kind of helpful for working parents. So I really do try to be flexible, and if I do have a problem where a parent says that they can't meet at the times that I had set, I will make an exception just for them. But I don't like to make it known, so never say that you will meet with any time because then I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be in a world of hurt because you'll be staying to like 5 o'clock waiting for these parents to get off of work um, for conferences. So definitely set those parameters. Um, sorry, got off topic. So what I do is I kind of use this as a way for my parents to sign up. I'll create the Google Doc. Um, I'll put my time frames of where they're allowed to sign up for. And I, you guys, I really only do like 20-minute um, conferences. That's all you need. I do student led conferences. So that's, to me, that's a perfect amount of time for me to, um, let them share what they did enough time for parents to ask questions. Um, and I've only had a maybe one or two go over and that's just because we had a lot to say. Um, and, I highly recommend kind of keeping them short. I have 33 students, you guys, so I kind of almost have to keep them short if I want to be able to get through all 33 conferences in that one week. and so this kind of keeps me organized by having it on the Google Sheets um, yeah, the Google Sheets. because um, each day that I have my conferences, I'll print it out so I have it so I know exactly who's coming at what time. It's nice because I'm printing it out daily, basically in real time, so if a parent needs to reschedule or a parent change, they can do so without having to really tell me. I look that day and I print it out and I'm like, okay, these are who I'm meeting with and I'll kind of check it off as we go if they decided to change or cancel or couldn't come, I'll make note of that. And then I'll, um, change them really easily. And it's nice because the parents get to choose. I get to see in real time. Um, I can move things around really easily from any computer. Like I don't need to be on a certain website. And that's kind of the reason why I like, um, I like doing that. And so with that, I want to go into the second thing I use Google sheets for, and that's for my lesson plan book. And you're probably thinking like, what? Um, Yeah, I just recently saw a post, uh, I think it was Miss Fifth again, which by the way, if you've not seen by now, I am obsessed with her. I think she has said such brilliant stuff for upper grade. Um, And I saw that she had used a lesson, a way to make Google Sheets as a lesson plan book. And I'm thinking that's brilliant. So I did the same and I'm really excited to use it, you guys, because like I said before, um, you can access it from anywhere. It's really easy um, to use. Um, You just kind of type in your stuff. And what's nice is you can link the things that are in Google suite or even not even Google suite. Like, uh, when I was doing mine for the first kind of two weeks of school, um, I linked articles that I want the kids to, that I want to print out later for science. Um, you can link your Google slide that you wanted to share for that math project. Um, and so it's really cool to be able to do that because now instead of just having in my lesson plan book, okay, you're going to do these notes. You're going to watch this video. I actually have everything linked and ready to go. And I just click. And again, I can access it from any computer. So if I left, there's no more leaving your lesson plan book at home or leaving your lesson plan book in your classroom. Your lesson plan book is on the go and it's ready for you. Um, Now, I also do have a paper, more like a calendar where I like to put like our school events. And that's just because I'm a nerd and I like to write things down. Um but like i'm I'm an avid note taker, you guys, and if you sit next to me in any p d you will see me taking fancy, fancy notes. in fact, my whole grade level um always jokes that you're the note taker, right? Um, so I like that just for my sanity, and it's just a small little calendar book, nothing crazy um, and I found i'm I'm excited this is gonna be my first year using it, so I'll let you know if I stay up to date with it um, but I'm really excited to use it because I can't tell you how often I've bought, like, an expensive planner, and I, like, barely used it. I mean, I'm I'm the type of teacher, too, where I teach kind of more, um, I don't really need to write things down. I can kind of read my kids and kind of go off of that. I like to, to, um, plan kind of my course of action, but, like, as the nitty-gritty details, you guys, nine times out of ten, it's, like, on the spot. Um, I'm sure most of you guys are like that, too. So, to me, a plan book kind of sounds like, uh, so again, this works just for my personality. Um, but just kind of throwing an idea out there for you if you were curious. Okay. So now I'm going to kind of jump to Google classroom because I can't tell you how many times I have questions about Google classroom. Um, I used to, Maybe be like you and think, ugh, what is this tool? It sounds hard, sounds confusing, um, don't want to use it, I'm just fine using everything pen and paper, but you guys, I cannot tell you how life-changing this Google Classroom is. And trust me, for those of you that are maybe shaking your head, I was, I was the exact same way as you, um, but I... I live for it. I kind of almost teach, treat it as our like homepage. It's like where I like to put everything, it's where I can put resources. Um, And so, okay, let me walk you through really quickly. So, the easiest way to do this, um, and I figured this out like maybe just last year. So, if you've still not figured this out yet, I'm telling you right now, you're not alone. (laughs) Um, Once I have my class list, I actually like to go to, if you click on people and then you click add right you can type in their own email addresses um well if you guys are a google suite school all the kids email addresses will should already be in there um like what i mean all of them i mean all the kids in the district should be in there and so what i'll do is I'll, I'll kind of start typing the kids names and their email addresses will pop up automatically so i start clicking until i have all 33 of my kids and then i'll click send invite right and i'll do this maybe day one um as school is about to start uh What's nice about this is now when the kids go to Google Classroom, your classroom will already be on their hub, and the only thing they have to do is click the button, Join. Where previously, I don't know if you guys are familiar, you would have to like display this class code, all the kids would be typing in the class code, and let me paint this picture for you. <laughs> you think that sounds really easy, but let me tell you it's not. Because you have the little Johnny that's telling you, I can't log in. And then you have Megan over in the corner saying, it's not working. Um, another kid saying that their computer won't turn on. And so you have all that going on and you're trying to help kids type in this code. And it's like letters, numbers, all this wonky stuff. And I know you're probably, maybe you're laughing at me, but I'm not even kidding you. It's real. So... If there is anything that I can do ahead of time, especially when it has to do with technology that I know is going to smooth things over and make things easier, I do it. And so I highly recommend if you can do it the email way that you do, um, especially if your school district already has the emails embedded in there. I don't see you're literally just clicking how many students' names you have, and I'm not even kidding you how much time it saves. Um, And so after I've done that... um, I like to organize by topic. So this part is new on Google Classroom. Um, It's the same area where you'd click to add an assignment. Now you just click that button and now you can click add topic. And what I like to do this for is just to organize our assignments as I'm assigning them. Um, And you guys, I literally just make one for each subject. Um, and then I'll make one for published work because I like my kids as soon as they're done writing their writing, that they type up their writing to practice those typing skills. Um, and it's just kind of nice this year. I'm doing like a digital writing website thing, (laughs) digital writing portfolio. We'll say that. Um, because I found that last year I was getting so behind on printing out all of their written work. Um, sorry, behind on printing out all their published work. Um, Google is a little funky when it comes to uh, <laughs> printing. So it was taking me so, so long. So I feel like by doing it this way, um, I'm not using up a board to use as a writing board. Now I can have just like a little QR code um, on one tiny little wall and it saves me time, space, energy, and but you can still access and see their work. Um, so that's what I'm doing. Sorry for the sidebar. Um, so I'll organize by topic. I like, I do one for science, history, ELA. Um, we're doing podcast groups this year. So I'll have a podcast one, published work, um, and class info. So on the class info, I really like to put web frequent websites that we go to. Um, I will put up, um, like our syllabus, I guess you could call it. It's not really a syllabus though. It's like our rules. Um, I have a class website, so I'll put that link on there, um, I'll put materials on there, like our science groups. Um, I actually assign science groups once a trimester. And so I'll put that up on there. Um, just things that I want them to be able to reference at any time. And I'll usually put that topic at the very, very top so that they always have access to those things. And you'll you'll see, you'll know what I'm talking about once you um, you get going. Because there are certain websites and certain materials like and certain things that you want them to access kind of all year long. And so that's what I'll kind of throw into the class info one. Um, So let me kind of share with you the types of assignments that I do use on there. Um, I am, like I said, all about being a time saver. (laughs) If I can create something on Google Forms, which I'll get to that in a second, um, where it'll save you time and it'll self-grade, you bet your bottom dollar I do it. Um, I also like it because, like I said before, I'm a commuter. So if I need to grade something, like a written essay or a written written essay questions, um, all I have to do is go home, open up my computer and grade that way instead of bringing home a stack full of papers that I probably won't get to anyways. Um, So um, I personally like to use Google Classroom for um, science quizzes. So back to the forms I was just talking about. So science quizzes... Um, each Friday, we have a vocabulary quiz um, and a like little short comprehension test on the reading that we had done that week for Wonders. Um, I actually took that and made it into a Google form just because it was easy. It talked a lot better with Google Classroom than if I were to use the quiz from the Wonders curriculum. And yes, that took me a hot second to make, but you make it once, you guys, in Google Forms, and you're good forever. So yes, it takes maybe a time to make that quiz, but if you're going to use it from year to year to year, well guess what, next year you're not making that quiz. Um so I, I like to use it for that. Um like I said before, I like to use it for published work. So I'll have my kids post their final copy on there. Um we I do a lot of project-based learning for history, so a lot of the times I'll do um like group uh slides. Like perfect example is at the beginning of the year we learned about the Native Americans. Um, uh, across the united states and so i'll give certain groups a different region and they have to pick a native american tribe and do a little research slideshow on that tribe um and i just assign it to the group leader they all the kids work on it and share it with one another which is so easy and um then they just turned it in. And then it's nice because when I go to um, have the kids present, they're not having to like email me anything. I just click on the assignment in classroom and it's there, which that saves a lot of time too. Do you guys remember the days where you'd have to email your professor or email yourself (laughs) your project to present? Like how easy is it that these kids literally just click on their Google Doc? Like they have it so lucky and they don't even know. (laughs) All right. So next it is also a place where I like to post websites of them to visit um, and articles. So it's a good it's easy to just copy the link of the article and paste it on there. Or if you have it as a PDF, um, just adding it on there as well. And so those are kind of really all the ways that I use it. Um, occasionally, I will put um, a document on there and have them ask a question, which that's kind of fun to use. Or if I post a reading, um, sometimes I'll have I'll ask one question just to kind of prove that they read it. That's kind of really all it's about. Um, and do it that way, and that's kind of nice too. Um, and now I'm going to talk really quickly about the kind of the two. Well, I guess technically three ways you can post an assignment on Google Classroom. So you may have noticed like when you go to make an assignment, um, it automatically likes to prompt after you've chosen your project, you'll see like a little drop down button that'll say, um, students can view this file, right? Um. So if you want it for all of your students to work on, like individually, like they're gonna work on it and turn it in individually, you want to actually make sure that, that down says make a copy for each student, which some of you are probably thinking like, oh, no wonder it was an epic fail when I tried to <laughs> assign something. Um, if you click students can only view this file, I usually use that just like for an article or something I want them just to only look at. And what that does is once the kids get it, they like the like the title suggests. They can only look at it. They can't click. They can't move. They can't delete. They can't type. Um, and so again, that's good for an article. Maybe it's good for something you want them just to look at. Maybe an example of a piece of writing. Um, and so. That you probably won't use very often. Now, you want to make sure you're always clicking make a copy for each student because what that's going to do is it's going to think of like you passing out a piece of paper to each and every single one of your students. That's essentially what it's doing, but it's doing it automatically. So you're not having to make a copy or have the kids make a copy of a of a product, um, which makes it so much easier because it'll actually automatically put their name at the top Um, when they have their copy and it'll make it so you can easily grade because what it does is it makes almost like a little grading spot for each of your students on your end which is really nice and what's really cool is you can on the teacher display when you click on the assignment it'll actually show each of your students working on their things so if I want to go click on Johnny's and I see he hasn't started but he's like kind of just sitting there I'll walk over to him and you know, talk to them like, why haven't you started on your project yet? Everyone else is like halfway done. And so it's kind of easy to see how far along students are, if they're messing around on their computers. Um, And so I kind of always use that and it's nice as a checklist too because it'll tell you who's turned it in, who who hasn't. And so a lot of times I'll say, okay, um, if I say your name, you haven't turned it in. Google Classroom, that's your thing that you're doing today. That's your must do for the day or whatever. Um, and it's kind of a good way to kind of keep track of who's turning what in. Um, the third way to post an assignment is when you click that little drop down and you click all students can't edit this file. And what that means is just that single file. So picture you have an anchor chart up at the front of the room and you give each kid a marker and they're allowed to write a sentence on that one anchor chart, okay? (laughs) That's what you're doing digitally, basically. On that one file, you're allowing all of your students access to edit, to type, to move at the same time. And so this can be done In a good, in a, in a right way. So the way that I use this is, um, after we read, say a social studies article or something for one of our readings, um, I will put a question in the middle of the document. So it'll say like, um, based off of the reading, how did it make you feel or whatever? And then the kids would write, finish the STEM and write their response on the slide. And you have to model this really precisely. Um, I told my kids that they had to type it. It had to either have their number or their name. So I knew who was saying it. Um, you weren't allowed to move or manipulate other people's texts because that's rude. Um, and if I saw that you were messing around with it, then there was consequences, Um And if you wanted to, I I, just to make it fun, I allowed them to change their font and their color, um, and then that's that. And I kind of almost did it in, like, a wave. Like, I had one group kind of start... And it just kind of helped that they read the article and then they went on and did that and then they did something else. And I told them if there were too many people on there when you went on, move on to the second thing and go back to it. Just so not all 33 kids were on this file at the same time, it more was like, five to seven kids were on it at the same time, which is a little bit more manageable. And it was kind of nice because then kind of almost like a Padlet, if you guys have ever reused Padlet, I have everybody's responses for this one little question. And it's just kind of a fun way to have like a group add-on. Or if you have a um, something like some type of t-chart you want the kids to fill out, um, that could be an easy way too if you had all kids can edit. So then each kid would just pick their Explorer that they're doing on, they would fill out the the chart. And so that's kind of another way that I've seen that. So again, you probably won't use that one as often either. The biggest one that you always want to make sure is, um, that it says each student will make a copy. (laughs) Um, and I'm telling you, if you're like thinking like, man, that's what I did wrong. Trust me, I've I've been through all this stuff before, so it's all easily learnable. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of the basis of that. So now I want to hop, I know I'm kind of kind of going all over the place today. Um, back to Google Forms. So Google Forms, I don't know if it was just last year, it has really turned into probably one of my favorite pieces about Google Suite. Um, because again, kind of like slides, it's very versatile. Um and there are just so many amazing things that I myself have even I, and am even finding out every time I use it. So Obviously, like I talked about before, one of the easiest ways to use this is for a quiz, right? Um, And the best thing about making a quiz off of Google Forms is if it's multiple choice and you select the correct answers, it will self-grade for you, which, hello, time saver, like I said, all about saving time, um, which is so great. Um, now you can also have constructed responses, which that's what I like to do in fifth grade. Um, I think one of the areas that we struggle in the most when it comes to state testing and answering questions is coming up with a strong constructed response. So I like to have those in our writing, um, or I'm sorry, in our quizzes, just so they can practice the restating the question, adding evidence and all that stuff, um, And so I kind of almost make those three points and I tell them that it needs to have the three things that we talk about. So it needs to have, it needs to restate the sentence, it needs to be a complete sentence, it needs to have evidence. And so um, I kind of give them points based off of that. And what's nice about the constructed responses is you can click add feedback when you're grading and you can actually tell the student, like, you didn't have evidence in this answer. That's why you only got a two or that's why you only got a one. And so it's nice because you can tell them why they're not getting the full points on that, which that's something that I liked for the constructed responses. Um, And yeah, it's like, it's really nice. And Google just added a thing now where kind of forms and... Google Classroom kind of talk to each other now. Um, So if you add an assignment, you can actually add a quiz assignment. And what that does is it will automatically export grades for you. Um, So if you guys are familiar with Google Classroom, you know that when kids turn an assignment in, you can grade it, right? Well, previously what you have to do is if you had a quiz, um, I you'd be literally almost typing in the title, the total three times. So you'd be totaling it up when you're grading it on forms. Then you'd have to go back into Google Classroom and put the grades in so the kids can see, or at least that's what I did. I liked the kids to see what they got. And then I'd be going into my grade book and then putting in what they got in the grade book. Um, Well, now there's a button on the assignment for the quiz, if you have it as a quiz assignment, where if you click export grades, it'll automatically push those grades that you graded in forms into Google Classroom. Um, And if you guys have a grading system that connects with Google Classroom, like we do, our school, we use Aries. um, I just go into Aries and I'll click, I'll create the assignment. I'll click upload, or I think it's export from Google. And you can actually um, have those grades you pushed from Google be pushed into your gradebook. So now you're not doing things five times. You're only doing things once, which again, time saver. Like I said before, I'm all about saving time. Um, So that's one way I like to use Google Forms. And it's pretty obvious. I think that's what it was created for. Second thing I like to do is use it for student surveys. Um, At the beginning of the year, I like to give a survey to my students just to kind of see what kind of learning they like best. Do you like to listen to music while you're working independently? Do you like it quiet? Um, It's just kind of nice because then I get to kind of see what kind of learner they are um, right off the bat, or at least what kind of learner they think they are. I'm going to say that. Um, And just kind of get to know them a little better. Um, I'll ask them like what their favorite songs are so that ahead of time I can put maybe if If it's, uh, quote unquote school appropriate, um, I can put it on my playlist for music when I play in the classroom. Um, I'd like to take shirt sizes because at some point in the school year I like to get shirts for my students, so I do that. Um, I like to know what their interests are, um. And that kind of stuff. What kind of activities after school they like to do? Because you guys, it's nice to know this kind of stuff, especially coming from the kids. Um, and I, again, I sent a survey to my parents too. But I liked, I like to know what they're doing after school. Um, are you going home and you're doing and you're an avid baseball player, right? You want to know what your kids are doing so that you know. Almost kind of what homework to kind of give them, if that makes sense, right? If you have a lot of kids that have a lot of activities after school, you might want to do something a little bit more flexible that's maybe due at the end of the week. Um, If you have kids that, you know, a lot of them go to, um, we have an after, we have a daycare program, right? That a lot of them go there, then you're probably fine because they're probably doing that homework at daycare, right? Um, And so sometimes I feel like that's good knowledge to know. It kind of helps me. um, Okay, maybe that's when I'm doing their homework, right? So I like to use it for surveys Um, and surveys is really easy. You guys, it's literally exactly like the way you do a quiz only on, I think there's a button you can click when you go into settings that says like, don't, it says like, it's like a little switch button. It'll say, make this a quiz. So just make sure that switch is turned off because you don't, (laughs) you don't need to give points for a survey, right? The kids can choose whatever answer they want. Um, I use the survey, um. Um, for everyday things like last year I started doing this kind of um, above and beyond student of the month and so each month the kids would vote for a student that they felt was either being a leader in our classroom was showing above and beyond kindness has really um, transformed like they've they made progress, right? And so we would vote for the student um, and have the kids write why, which that to me was just, oh, my favorite thing to read for the month. They would write why they voted for that student and I told them it could not be because they're my friend and because they're awesome. Like you had to actually choose somebody who followed one of those parameters that we had set in our classroom. And then Target had these little bands and I don't know if they sell them anymore. I found them in the dollar section and they had these cute little like wristbands and one of them would say like, extreme leader, um, positive, whatever. So they would say like cute little things on them. And so I'd give the bracelet to that kid for that. They'd get like a little certificate that I printed out with all the reasons why the people that voted for them had said, and the kids just love this. And it was fun and it was a good way to kind of put our classroom community. And once someone had been voted for that, I took them off the list because obviously you can't get it again. Um, and so it was just, it was just kind of nice and it kind of gives kids maybe a, that aren't usually above and beyond kids a chance to kind of shine because of the different categories that we had and so that was really fun um i actually if you guys again you guys are like why do you keep talking about this lady because she was amazing miss fifth has the keep the quote and for the longest time i struggled with how to collect the quotes from the kids and so i started doing um where they would input keep the quote on a form which was super easy they would just type in their name um what their quote was and then they would turn it in and it'd be due by like next monday so they had all week to kind of fill this out and then a lot of times too i would vote via google forms because sometimes it it would just be a crazy morning and so okay guys um to vote for the quote for monday here go on google forms and i would just kind of almost say if you don't vote then too bad so sad kind of thing um and that's kind of how I made that work for those busy mornings because I get it you know sometimes you're just so stressed so busy there's so much to do you don't have time to do kind of those little things and so that's kind of how I make time I tell the kids as soon as you're done with whatever assignment of the day that would be a good time to hop on there and do that um and then my favorite which I still Started playing around with a lot last year is using google forms to use for escape rooms like a digital escape room right um i'm sure you've seen these all over the place um but it's something that my students last year were just so excited about and it was really fun because i started doing them after um kind of to review for our math units. I like to use them more for math. Um, You could easily use them for any subject. Just to me, our math curriculum is a little redundant. So I really, really try to make it engaging and fun. And to me, that was kind of the one way to do it. And so I put the kids in their house groups and then um, I would give them kind of the tools to do the digital um, escape room. And the way that I did this is they would do all the solving on paper, but then when they would go to type in the code, um, they would type it into forms. And then I just kind of created the form to go to the next page because you can create different sections of your um of your template when you're making it. Um, and we did a really fun one, um at the very end of the school year, last year, where usually I kind of I have all the tasks on a piece of paper. and when the, once a kid's unlocked one, they'll run over to me and get the next task, where last year, at the end of the school year, I actually hid. All the tasks around the room for each of my groups, and it was so fun. Um, and once they unlocked one, I just gave a riddle as to where it was hidden. And you guys, each of the four—or sorry, last year was five. Each of the five houses' tickets or tasks were hidden in different areas. So I did that on purpose, so they couldn't look to see another group um, running to his area and like, oh, okay, it's just over there. Um, it was so much fun. They loved it because the whole year they're like, we want like a real escape room, Mrs. Harwick, where like things are hidden. We need to solve riddles. And so I did that and they just loved it. And yes, it was a lot of prep work, but just seeing their faces, seeing them actually work through the math and do the math and work as a team was just so wonderful. And so sometimes you guys, sometimes the hard work, it does pay off. Okay. Just saying. All right, so I'm going to talk about one final medium that I just kind of started using two years ago, and then that'll be it. And this has already kind of been a lengthy episode as it is, and I apologize. Um, So one that I kind of started playing around with last year is Google Sites. And this website, or, you know, it was so easy to use. Um, I really showed my kids the bare minimum, and if they wanted to add more, um, they kind of did that on their own. I love it because it's so user-friendly. I've tried all sorts of different website designer or blog designer pages, and they're just really confusing. Um, This one, to me, was really easy. Like, I feel like anybody... Could look at it and figure it out. That's what I liked about it, and I'm always more for the user friendly stuff because not every kid, and you guys have to remember this. Yes, the kids live in a digital media age, but not every kid knows how to use technology well. Okay, I'm gonna see that. <laughs> Whereas a lot of kids do, so sometimes you can throw things out there that you don't even know, and the kids will pick it up like that. Um, so I like Google Sites. Um, last year, I used it for the kids to design what are, what I call book. Book blogs. Um I tried something new. I didn't want to do AR anymore. I wanted to give the kids kind of a creative fun. I wanted to make reading fun. Um I think a lot of times, and this is just my opinion, y'all. Um, I think a lot of times kids get burnt out with AR. Some kids love it. Some kids love to take the quizzes and do this and do that, which is fine. But I think like a lot of my boys I was finding were getting kind of burnt out with the AR. Um, oh, I have to read this book and I have to take a quiz and I might not do good on it. And I feel like it puts pressure on kids that maybe aren't good test takers. Um, and I'm speaking from experience. Um, my husband <laughs> was not a good test taker and he tells me all the time how much he hates um, <laughs> He hated doing those kind of things um so I wanted a way to for me to see what my kids were reading and to see if they were actually comprehending what they were reading um in a less stressful space so each time my kids finished a book I would have them do a little blurb or basically a quote-unquote book report on it I had a little parameter which it might be a freebie on my teachers pay teachers if it's not and I'm checking I'm gonna check right after I film this if not, then I will add it for you guys um, of what I used as my parameters. Um, and so what they would do is they would almost write a book review of their book. Um, they would talk about what was exciting about it. I kind of talked about how they couldn't use spoilers. Um, they would rate it. They would make sure to put the title and the author. Um, and I had them as a little cute Q- and, and then they turned in their website link to me. And I had their QR code with a cute little picture I took of them on the first day of school um, up on a wall. So if... A friend wanted to see what Mary had been reading. I would just take my Chromebook and scan her QR code and see all the books that she's read. Oh, she said she read this book and it had a, she gave it a five-star review. So I'm going to go check out this book. And so I kind of almost wanted to create a community um, of reading, right, so kids can see what other kids were reading. Um, they could get a good review. And then I'd have them tell me if they would review it or recommend it to a friend. And this was really fun because it was an easy thing for the kids to do um, when they are finished with something. All the time I would have kids go up to me and be like, okay, now that I'm finished, can I work on my book blog? Yeah, 100%. That's a great choice. And so they'd work on these. And one thing that I think they enjoyed too is making it personal. Um, I allowed them to, as long as it's school appropriate, obviously, um, make their website their own like they could make it soccer themed they could make their whole page harry potter themed if they wanted to um and then i kind of talked to them about organizing their books by genre so it's easy for their friends to find it um and so this was so much fun the kids loved it it was easy and honestly you guys i just once a month i would check to see how many books they went on there and if i saw that only one they were putting like one book on there then i you know, and kind of check in with them to see kind of how things are going. And so it was a good way to see, too, who was reading a lot of books, who kind of wasn't. And again, if you have the kids post this as an assignment on Google Classroom, you guys, you can easily have access to all their websites, which that's just kind of what I had them do. Um, and again, that's a way of kind of seeing what they're reading. Um, if you have a lot of students, too, to kind of check in with how they liked it. I, I don't know. I just thought it was a really good... Um, Idea. This year, what I'm going to be using sites for is for our podcast groups. Um, So I'm basically doing, like, lit circles, but podcast... I'm I'm calling them the podcast posse. I don't know if that's (laughs) appropriate or whatever. I just like alliteration. Um, So they're going to be getting in these groups in the morning, and they're going to blog their responses on this, which I'm, like, really excited about. Um, And I think I'm just going to kind of make it one big student site, So, almost like a portfolio. So, there's going to be one page where they do the podcast blog. There's going to be one that they put their writing on. Like I said earlier, I'm not going to be printing out all their writing this year because I don't have the space for it. And last year, I wasn't keeping up with it. Um, And it's just kind of like their space where they'll put the things kind of they're proudest of. And I'm really excited. And you guys, it's so easy. Um, I will... I'm going to try and play around and see if I can put some tutorials up for you guys, because a lot of times too, it's easier to see things visually. Um, but I highly recommend that you use sites. Our own um, classroom web website that I use to reference to my students and parents, I made on Google sites, you guys. So I feel personally that anybody could use this um, to kind of make learning, Exciting and engaging for your students and i'm not saying you're doing all these things all the time Like some of you guys are probably thinking like geez are her kids on the computer all the time No, there are some days we're not even on the computer once and my kids will let me know it Mrs. Harwick we haven't been on the chromebooks today and i'm like, okay You know what? We don't need to be on the chromebooks every single day And so you guys again, these are all great ideas, but you got to spread them out You can't have these kids on the computers all the time and they need to learn that lesson so With that being said, I'm going to kind of leave you guys with one final thought. The biggest thing that I kind of learned is when you're using these mediums, maybe start thinking of creative ways to use them for uh, things other than what they were intended for. So perfect example is slides. Would you have ever, when you first thought of Google Slides, would you have ever thought to make like a, um, have kids write on them for their writing and turn it in. No, it was designed to present like a PowerPoint. Um, and so think of it as like a tool. What creative things can you do with it, right? Forms, I'm sure as you guys know, is probably used for surveys and quizzes, not for things like, um, I had my kids, uh, do a whole Harry Potter themed thing where they uh, sorted them into their house. Um, I also did the escape rooms, right? It wasn't designed for things like that, but you're able to make it work for those things. And so that's kind of like my, my lasting thing is, um, again, I don't want some of you guys to get overwhelmed by this. I myself wasn't an expert and I'm just going to remind you right now, you aren't going to start out an expert all of us didn't and so by you trialing it and playing around with it and figuring it out and failing and then succeeding and learning from those failures we've all been through that path and I'm telling you if you don't feel comfortable using these that I'm telling you right now you will at some point um you just gotta jump in and I know maybe for something that might sound scary like I said I'm gonna try and start doing some tutorials for you guys and throw them on my website um for those of you that maybe struggle with this kind of stuff you do better with a video. Um, so be prepared for that, but I think I'm going to wrap it up. This has been a long episode and thank you guys for joining in. If you, again, if you have any questions, feel free to email me at hello, Harwick at gmail.com. You can go to my website and fill out that contact sheet as well. That'll send it to my email. And you can even send me a message, um, on my Instagram at hello, Mrs. Harwick. And I will get back to you fairly quickly. You guys, I. I'm all about that instant message. <laughs> um, but I hope you guys have a fantastic Tuesday if you're listening to this um, on a Tuesday. And if not, have a fabulous day in general. So I guess this is it till next time. Yes, don't forget to check out the show notes for any of the links that I discussed in today's episode. If you enjoyed today so far, please share it with a friend um, because the more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in, and I can't wait to see you guys next time.